Hey everybody, welcome back to the 67th Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, with my co-host here, Jonathan. And Jonathan, we are on episode 302, which means that is the Delaware area code right next to Philly. For Delaware listeners, shout out to you guys on that. We're both Delaware guys ourselves. So, that being said, we got a lot to cover. Three games and a lot more. a lot to cover. Yeah, it's almost two pages worth of stuff in our uh, outline here tonight. So... I'm going to go ahead and jump in with our re- our season opener against the Milwaukee Bucks. Sixers barely lost that one, 117 to 118. Maybe some uh, not late game execution by Nick Nurse, not calling the foul on, call, calling for the players to foul Giannis when he was bringing up the ball, calling a timeout. Uh, the challenge uh, timeout during, you know, when it wasn't necessary. It was just, it was a bad, it was bad end game execution. Still, with a rusty Joel and everything else, Sixers barely lost that one. James Harden was the only one that could not, that did not play, didn't travel with the team. Team was trying to ramp him up. We'll talk about that more later. Jonathan, what was the good in this game for you? Yeah, so a lot to touch on. First off, I think Milwaukee's the best team in the league. Like, coming in, that was my thought. Um, Obviously, Denver is in that conversation. But I think showing up and losing by one in Milwaukee first night of the season, I thought that was great. But my specific good was we shot 46% from three. They were knocking them down left and right, 16 for 35. That's what you need to see. That's what helps space the floor for Embiid. So I was really impressed with that in this game. What about you? The good was Tyrese Maxey, and we're going to talk about him more, but the guy had 31 points, 8 assists, 0 turnovers, shot 3 of 8 from downtown. Look, it was the Tyrese party, and I was all for it. Also, shout out to uh, Tobias Harris for being super efficient, 20 points on 9 shots. Can't really yes. hear, and I can just hear Chris's head, voice in my head saying, Oh, it's only one. For those that are joining us for the first time, Chris was our former co-host. He was not a big Tobias Harris fan, but shout out to Toby. And, of course, I think I'll leave the last good thing for you because I know you love this guy. Yeah, save that. Save that. So go ahead. Tell me, what was the other good thing? Well, I want to save that for player. I'm saving that for player of the game. Oh, you're saving that for player of the game. Okay, okay. I won't even say his name then. But what is the bad for you in this game? Yeah, you introduced it. I mean, the bad is the late game execution by Nick Nurse. I mean, not the foul. And honestly, I know I just sound like a broken record being like we can't guard good guards, but it's just so true. Dame knocked down great shots. Oubre was defending him well in the fourth quarter, but there were just shots that there's nothing you can do, honestly. And mm-hmm. um, I just thought execution down the stretch was not as great as it should have been, but uh, still impressed overall. What was your bad? Well, I, I think it goes back to Joel Embiid not playing barely at all during the preseason. You know, he looked lost at times in the play, uh, in in the offense. He had seven turnovers. He had eight assists, but uh, no, six assists, but seven turnovers. Did you see his free throws? It, it was a bad. It was he was rusty. It was clear that he was rusty. Yet we still only lost by one with a rusty Joel, no James. So, you know, there are worse things in the world. That being said, who's your player of the game? You already hinted towards it. Go ahead and say it. It is Kelly Oubre. I'm going to be the guy carrying the Kelly Oubre torch. As of about a month ago, I clearly have taken up this mantle. Although I do not want to be taken off of carrying the Tobias Harris 
torch as well because you said it 20 points on eight and nine shooting three for three from downtown incredible but unfortunately i gotta push the kelly Oubre. he went nine for 11 five of six from three 27 points second most points ever in a sixers debut behind ai's rookie season when he put up 30 Oubre was lights out um and that's exactly what we need off the bench honestly he he's probably going to start earning potential looks at starting uh, if he keeps this up, but he plays. See, I, I prefer him to player? stay off the bench. Keep him hungry. And you know what? Like, you need that scoring off the bench. You don't need any more scoring in the starting five. So I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him staying on the bench. Uber is a good option. I'm not going to go with him, though. I'm going to go with the guy that I talked about at the beginning of this, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Tyrese Maxey is poised for an all-star season. We'll talk about it more later. But, yeah. That being said, Jonathan, take that away our next game, bud. Yeah, so uh, we played on Saturday night, last night, um, in Toronto. So we had a back-to-back, obviously, playing home away and home tonight uh, against the Trailblazers. But Sixers won 114-107 over Toronto. What was your good in this game? Uh, that both Tyrese and Joel were on. I mean, they both had 34 points. Joel had eight assists. Tyrese had seven assists. That's what you need from a dynamic duo. That that is what you need. I like. Look, I, I if you're asking me to find a bad, I I can find one. But like, look, when you you have your two best players playing like that, it's going to be hard to lose any game. And like yet again, I'll leave Kelly Oubre to you because I know that's your guy. But the the good was those two. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say the good on the bench. Kelly Oubre put up 18 again, so back-to-back games, 27 and 18. He was 0 for 6 from 3, which is yeah. not what you like to see. But this is what we know him to be. Like He's, he's a, a streaky bucket, shooter. and he's streaky. There it is. Yeah, he's streaky. Exactly but you know it. what? He still got he, – he, let's just take away the six three-point attempts. He won 7 of 11. 7 of 11, huh? There we go. But no, yeah, he so won 7 of 11. On, with that, though, I will say my like specific good to this game was nine turnovers. That's not awful, considering we had 15 tonight and we had 15 against the Bucks. I think keeping like securing the ball and focusing on not turning it over is really key. Yeah, the other thing is that Joel and Tyrese each had one turnover. That's that's pretty good. And also, I'll just say this about Kelly: he's actually trying on defense. He had three steals in this yes. game. He's trying. Is he a great defender? No, but is he a guy that you can you can play at the end of games? They sure did in this game. So yeah, kudos to Kelly. Absolutely. Yeah. So who was uh what or who or what was the bad in this game? Who uh the rest of the starting five? Look, yeah. Mel- Melden Melden melted in this game. One one of yeah. seven oh four. Offensively, just didn't have it. Tobias one four of ten. Uh, one of four. He did hit six of his seven free throws, though, so kudos to that. But And then PJ did PJ things. He hit one three-pointer, and that was his one and only shot attempt. So that 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 was the bad. Yeah, I was going to say Melton. I mean, one of seven from the field, 32 minutes. Like, that that's just not what you need from your starting shooting guard. So not ideal. But I, I'm assuming it's one of the two people you talked about. Who's your player of the game here? I'm going to keep on brand and say Tyrese, even though it was probably Joel, but I'll let you get Joel. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, for Tyrese, though, I do want to say uh, six rebounds. And and then I think tonight he even had like eight, like 
Crashing the glass is amazing from the point guard position. But yeah, Embiid, 34-9-8, and eight, almost getting a triple-double, where it seemed like he shook off the rust, 5-6 from the free-throw line, uh, 34 points. Him and Maxi clearly carried the game. So all around, I think, yeah, I'd take Embiid for, my, uh, for this game, which then leads us to tonight, the Blazers game. Yeah, let's let's talk about this a historic night on some occasions. Mm-hmm. Joel and let, let's start with you know James Harden didn't play again. He we'll talk about him in a minute. But like Sixers won one twenty six to ninety eight. Any thoughts here? The good. Let's start I mean, with the good. Yeah, the good immediately in the game was Joel Embiid is just all we need to really talk about. But he had twenty four points, nine rebounds. Three assists, two steals, and five blocks at halftime. Yeah, half that's time. a full game. That's a full game stat. He had twenty four nine and five blocks at halftime. He was unstoppable, literally just dominating left and right. So he's the good, and he's the player of the game. I mean, what what did you see? I'm, I'm assuming it's similar. I mean, look, not only did Joel dominate, but like he was historic. It was his 118th game that he had a 30.10 rebound game. He ended the game. You talked about his halftime stats. He ended the game with 35 points, 15 rebounds, seven assists, two steals, six blocks. Six blocks. So let's let's just – I'm pulling up a tweet from Tim Bontemps of ESPN to put this into perspective. I want to make sure I get this right. So per Stats Williams – According to Tim Bontemps, the following players have had at least 35 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, and five blocks in multiple games. Kareem, Shaq, Hakeem, Joel. That's insane company. Yeah. And um, trust me, I'm not even done talking about Joel. We'll definitely talk about him more after this game. But look, this is special. Look, and this is third game. I think we can agree the last couple of years, Joel started off the season slow. And then usually by game 15 or 20 is when he really gets into gear. Jonathan, this is game three. And yeah. we can count to Toronto. Really, the only game that he needed the knockoff rust was against the Bucks. Granted, that was a nationally televised game. But, like, he's in midseason form. And not only that, like... In my opinion, he looks quicker, but I'm gonna I'm trying not to get ahead of myself here. So besides no, I understand. Be, besides Joel, Tyrese Maxey had a double double. Ten boards. Ten, ten boards, boards. Ten boards at the point guard position. Twenty-six points, only four assists, but you know what? They didn't need him to be playmaking that night because other people stepped up. DeAnthony Melton had eight assists, twelve points. Tobias Harris, 8 of 11, 2 of 4, 24 points. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, that's a good. I mean, oh, shout out to Pat Bev. Three blocks. He showed it, and he was a plus 8 yeah, off the bench. Best yeah. bench player, plus minus. So, I mean, honestly, I didn't see tons of bad in this game. But yeah. like you said, there's just so many people to touch on. Maxi going 26 and 10 is incredible. Like, absolutely, you don't usually get rebounds from point guards, and we got spoiled. Like, or I mean, people had gotten spoiled when Harden would do it or Ben would do it. Like, it's not normal. And getting yeah. 10, and then he went 10 for 10 from the line, and then we come back to Tobias, which I'm just going to keep beating the drum of efficiency. 20, like, yes, he didn't play great in the Toronto game. 24 points on 11 shots. Like, he is efficient. He doesn't take too many shots. He knows his role. 
and he hits the shots when he gets it. Uh, is is okay. Side note, real quick: Is Nick Nurse getting more out of Tobias Harris than Doc Rivers ever did? He, he, even though when t- Doc Rivers had him in L.A. when he was playing at a near All Star level for the Clippers, is this the best version of Tobias that we've seen yet this year? Uh, I mean, during his Sixers tenure, it appears that way. But like, I think there's it's only a few three games. games. Well, Yes. One, it's only three games. Two, it's a contract year, right? Like he yeah. knows that he yeah. needs to play well and he's he's knocking down the shots. He clearly put in the work, but it, it is interesting to monitor that. Yeah, for sure. So what's the bat? Oh, yeah. yeah I don't really have too much bad. I mean, they turned the ball over a lot. That's probably it. What about you? I mean, yeah, there was a lot of turnovers. Uh, by the way, we had 10 steals in this game. That's a good, but a bad. I got to call out your guy, Kelly Oubre, on this one. Yeah. Three of ten, oh four. Did hit all six of his free throws, but uh, still, despite that, despite the poor shooting, he had twelve points. Led the bench in scoring again. Kudos. But no, Pat Bev was clearly the most impactful uh, bench player in this game. He uh, Kelly Oubre did make it a positive on the defensive end. Two steals and a block. By the way, his block was epic. You saw that, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So kudos. No, honestly, he, I think you said it in our group chat. Like, finally seeing him play defense. Yeah, finally seeing him play. Yes, the length. Yeah. yeah so, uh, and by the way, stuff, not but, a not a bad yeah. PJ Tucker game. Three points, four rebounds, a steal, and a block. Plus twenty six. Like he got the he's steal only playing. Uh, he's only playing thing. about twenty minutes a game. It seems like, and that seems appropriate for a guy that's like thirty eight years old, the second oldest player in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's yeah. the second oldest player in the NBA behind LeBron. Wow, That's crazy to think about. It's yeah, but you know what? If if the shoe fits, look, he's a little bit older than Chris Paul, but yeah, no, second oldest player. Go figure. Uh, shout out for yeah. Philip Petrushev, Mo Bamba, Jaden Springer, Korkmaz, all getting minutes at the end. Kudos to them. No Danny Green in this yeah. game, surprisingly. Empty the bench. Empty the bench. But let's go ahead and, and switch gears. Now, oh, who's your player of the game? Yes. Yeah, so oh, hang on. Who's your my player? player of the game is Embiid. Oh, yeah. It's easily Embiid. Maxi normally probably would have gotten this, but Embiid had a historic night, so kind of can't ignore that. Yeah. So, all right. Let's go to James Harden. There's a few updates we got to give before we start talking. So, it was reported. Um, on Monday, I believe. So after we recorded that, um, he w- no, we recorded to- on Wednesday. We, we oh, talked, you're right. You're we, right. You're right. We talked about this. We talked about how yes. they're to ramp him up, and the the NBA is investigating. Yeah, 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 you're right. So he was supposed. It seemed when we were recording that he would rejoin the team in the homestand. So this is our first game at home, and on Wednesday, at least, I assumed that he would be playing. So yesterday it was reported that he would not be playing, that he's still ramping up conditioning, I think is like the technical thing in the like injury report while he's sitting out. So still no Harden with the way the Sixers are playing. I mean, two and one only lost to potentially the best team by one point. Do you think the Sixers should want him to play? And will it like kind of ruin Tyrese's development? That is a tough question. The fan of me wants to say, Make him sit. We don't need him. But we need what we can get for him in return. And in order for us, if I'm being logical here, which I don't like doing at this point, because um, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Tyrese, 
if you want to get the max value for James Harden, you have to get him to play. Much as I hate to say that, because I really do. But could the Sixers be completely fine without James playing? Sure, during the regular season, but they need a they need another wing. They need another wing, either a shooting guard or a small forward that can really just take over an offense late in the game. Yeah. That's how I feel. Well, I think I mean, I hate to say it because I've been hard on Harden the entire summer, but if he played in the Milwaukee game, there were so many times where I was like, man, like, this is where you need Harden. Like, running this pick and roll, like, cutting to the basket, like, making these plays, like, down the stretch. There were certain times where I was like, the the perfect compliment to win this game for us would be James Harden. So, like, from a skills perspective, I hate that I'm, like, trying to buy back into this because clearly there's no trade market right now. So he's going to have to play for us for, I mean, at least a month, two months is is what I'm thinking in my mind. I am scared that it's going to ruin Tyrese's, like, development. He is playing out of his mind, and you're going to take the ball out of his hands more and have Harden, who dribbles the air out of the ball for, like, 15, 20 seconds per possession. I I just am not sure how that's going to look. Hopefully he buys into more of, like, a team-friendly role, but it's, it's extremely concerning. Man, if he's willing just to be like, if he he would never do this because he he's never done this. But if he's willing to be like that secondary playmaker, willing to spot up shoot, take over in the, with the second unit, that would be fantastic. But I just don't see it no happening. No way. Yeah. I, I that would be the ideal role. Like James Harden averaging about eighteen points per game. I know that sounds bad, but in reality, it's probably what's best for the team. But, you know, I don't know, man. Look, it's it's. I, I don't want him to play. I don't because I don't want the ball out of Maxie's hands. The ball needs to stay in his hands. Yeah. End of story. But Completely speaking right. of Maxie, perfect segue. I, I do proud pride myself uh, myself on doing that. Um, Tyrese's hot start. Is this sustainable for the Sixers point guard? I hope so. I mean, that's the thing that we kind of just touched on. If Harden comes back, I'm not confident that it is sustainable, right? Like, you don't necessarily know what you're going to get out of Maxi without having the ball in his hands. And he's playing ultra aggressive, which is something that he's not necessarily going to do if Harden's back. Like, he may not have the freedom to do that, honestly, as much as he wants. So, I sure hope so. He's averaging over 30 points a game, and he looks like him and Embiid are, uh, we're about to touch on in a minute, but him and Embiid are playing incredibly well off of each other. That pick and roll game that's just so sweet to Embiid. So I don't know that it's sustainable. I sure hope it is. What about you? Uh, I think you bring up a good point in the fact that, you know, it depends on what happens with James here, but assuming that James doesn't interfere with his touches or whatever. And, you know, let's just say worst case scenario, James doesn't play for the Sixers again uh, or best case, depending on your view of it. Uh, I, I think this is because, look, he's he's proven that he can be an efficient shooter. The playmaking like he, he is not just him and Joel. He's getting other people involved, too. And I think the two man game with them will only get better. And we'll talk about that more in a second here. But, yeah, I think it's sustainable. I think so. Because, look. He's so fast. Jonathan, I don't think the Sixers have ever had a guard this fast, maybe since AI, but I don't even know if I would consider AI like one of the fastest guys. You know what I mean? So, yeah, 
He's. I think it is. I think it is as long as James doesn't interfere. So my next thing does with will he be an All Star this year? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Like, again, I feel like all these questions, unfortunately, depend on Harden. Like, truly, if he doesn't step on the floor again, Maxi is going to be better off for it like it, it yes mm-hmm. if harden does not play maxi's absolutely an all-star especially in the east like what kind of guards are you going to take over him dame for sure like uh jalen brunson uh, has a, had a slow start yeah i mean boston like true holiday maybe, maybe but that's like a maybe so like maybe. honestly he he's one of, and, and mitchell donovan mitchell but i think he's one of the best guards in the east and he should make the all-star team I think there's a good chance that he does as long as the Sixers continue to win. Uh, which brings me to my next thing. Does With all this hype around Maxi, does he make this Harden thing kind of go away? Does he make Harden a, a non-factor anymore for the Sixers? Like, do they need him? Uh, you know, obviously I said that I think that they need his return, but do you, do you think yeah. they need him? That's, no, so that's my answer. I, I don't think they need him. The thing is, like I said, I did see points in Milwaukee where I was like, Harden's skill set would have been perfect to get a bucket here, to do this. Um, he draws so much attention. But no, I, I kind of agree more with you. I think the return for Harden is what is going to make this team a potential contender. I mean, they're showing they can compete in the East without, like, that's Chris they're, they're, saying, they're top still, 20. I, I think after this weekend, we can say that they're still the third best team in the East. Yeah, and if you can get a quality return for Harden, you can try and crack into that top two. So, I think because the Bucks are making I mean, it. Look, 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 the Bucks aren't perfect. They just got beat by the Hawks. They got blown out by the Hawks. Maxi is making it easier for Daryl to consider other options. I think to try and keep this team in title contention. Yeah, look, I, I think so too. Um, last thing, and we've been teasing it for a while. Is his two-man game with Joel elite as of now? Yeah, I mean, early on, three-game sample size of, like, him running point. But, I mean, I think it is. This all started with J.J. Redick, right? Like, J.J. and Joel had the most unstoppable two-man game I've ever seen. And then you try to replicate it and and figure out ways to to make it look good. He was playing incredible with Harden. The thing is here, I don't want to take away from J.J., Harden, or Maxi, but I think what makes it elite is Joel. Like, you can't plug and play anyone, but, like, having a, a good guard threat makes people have to, like, not double-team him, respect Embiid, and, and Embiid's just so good at the pick-and-roll that I just think that he's kind of the the straw that stirs this. What about you? 
Well, first off, I just saw a tweet from Tim Bontemps as we were recording on Sunday night after the game. He said uh, he he tweeted out Nick Nurse said uh, Tyrese Maxey landed on his elbow, which caused some tingling in his right hand, which is why Maxey was flexing his hand during the game, though never came out. Said Maxey will get it checked out to make sure it's a non-issue. Hopefully, it is a non-issue. I hope it is. Last thing we need is an injury to Maxey. That being said, I, it's really good right now. I think the two-man game is really good, but I think it can be better. Because what I what I see is a lot. Last year we saw a lot of James Harden setting up Joel Embiid, right? We didn't really see Joel set up James too much, right? This year we're seeing a lot more of Joel setting up Tyrese, and Tyrese is trying to hit Joel with those pocket passes, but Joel's not getting those open jump shots as soon as he's they're, they're still contested which i think there's still room to grow on that part but i like the way that joel is making tyrese open because like the dribble handoff it's just like you said it's it's so unbeatable right now and tyrese is doing it from the three-point line he can tack the rim with it it's just uh he's so fast and such a good shooter you don't usually see that combination in the nba no, and, and in terms of a perfect segue, that's it. I mean, you just said it. Harden was setting up Embiid. Embiid seems to be setting up Maxi, and he's setting up other people. He's averaging seven assists per game right now. So that's exactly like a threat that – I mean, that's what made Jokic so dangerous when you have a player mm-hmm. who can dominate offensively but is spreading the ball around. So do you think that's something that can be sustainable for Embiid? Well, I think it go, goes all back to the whole entire, you know, what's going to happen with James Harden. Now, I will say – Throughout these three games, you know, Joel, in the first game, Joel had, what was it, seven assists to, uh, six assists to seven turnovers. So he's had averaged in three games, let's see, three tur- three turnovers in this game, that's 10, plus one more, 11. So a shade under four turnover, uh, a shade, yeah, a shade over, yeah, a shade under four turnovers a game. Uh that that's still within the realm of his career. Um, is it sustainable? I don't know. Joel has always added something new to his game. So if playmaking is what's the new thing you hear, look, it's it's going to be even harder to stop him. Uh, I think Joel still struggles with double teams sometimes. But his, I mean... Look, nobody's going to be Nikola Jokic. Let's let's be clear. But if Joel can get, if Joel can become the second best playmaking center in the NBA above Sabonis, yeah. Which I think if with these numbers, I mean Sabonis averaged what around six assists last year. So if he can like be on that same tier of Sabonis, that's pretty darn good. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I, I'm not going to make a proclamation here whether or not it's going to it's sustainable or not. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna. I have to see because like it depends on how aggressive Joel is. Like, yeah, when he's extremely aggressive, then he doesn't have as much opportunity to get the assist. But we know he can. We've seen it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if he's doing stuff like this, do you think there's any chance he can repeat his MVP? Ooh, that is a very tough question there Jonathan um well I don't think Giannis is going to win it I think the the his biggest competition because I think Dame's taking too much away from his game 
I think he's deferring mm-hmm. too much, and that's that's fine for the Bucks. I think that's good strategy, honestly, in terms of scoring. In terms of is it sustainable? I mean, is it, can he win MVP? Well, let's look at his other competition. He has the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum, who I think is still can be inconsistent at times. And with that roster so heavy with talent, it's hard to say. The real the real question is, does it, it comes down to Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid again, in my opinion. Yep. I think it goes down to those two again, which is crazy because that's this, this is what, year four of this? Year five? Year yeah, four. I mean five with Giannis and Embiid. Yeah. yeah, but like, well, six with Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic, but... Anyway, point being here is that year four of these guys going back and forth, Joel has added more to his game. So the question is, is that more enough to, with Joel's more dominant scoring and improved playmaking, is that, and, you know, overall still a better defender than uh, Jokic, um, is that enough to dis, you know, dethrone the guy that won finals MVP against a guy who still hasn't gotten out of the second round? I think it helps his chances, but I think voters are going to start using the playoffs against Joel. Unfairly, I agree. But I, it, because I it's, do, a, it's I, a regular season award, but they're going to use the unfairly use the playoffs against him. Yeah, and I think it is going to come down to uh, Embiid and Jokic too. That's that's what I'm thinking. So I mean, he he's looking like he's making a strong case for it. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, look, early on, if we were voting on the past three games, you know what? Good chance. But we're not. Um, which brings us to our last point here. Other NBA news. So I'll let you choose. You can choose as many as you would like. What NBA topics do you want to talk about? Other besides okay. the Sixers. I have three. Okay. One I'll focus on more. So just quick, yeah. like just putting it out to the listeners. Six teams are undefeated. Uh and it's in the West, Denver, Dallas, and New Orleans. I think Denver's obvious. Dallas, I thought, could have okay, an extremely okay, high ceiling. So Maybe. Okay. And New Orleans, um, with Zion, they are a different team. They could be yep. the best in the West. And they're in still the not East, healthy. Though, Their bench is depleted, by the way. But, yeah. No good point. Yeah. And in the East, Boston, kind of expected. Yeah. Then the Pacers and the Magic are both 2-0. I'm not surprised by that. I thought that those two teams could be feisty. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the is Victor Wembanyama. So I was never a hater, but I know on the podcast at one point I was just telling people to taper their expectations. He's playing incredible, uh, especially for a rookie. But what I want to say is watching him play basketball is like just makes me enjoy basketball so much more because you see guys like – LeBron and I mean even Steph at times like they they're walking through the regular season like oh we got 82 games same with Kawhi like all the superstars in the league have been around they're just kind of jaded by this when the Spurs beat the Rockets the other night like um who I think it was Devin Vassell had like a dunk with one second left Victor was seen running down the other end of the court with the biggest smile on his face jumping up and down literally looked like how LeBron and those guys look when they like win NBA titles it was just like pure elation from a kid who's like 19 and just truly loves basketball. And honestly, I felt like that was good to see because when we're watching the NBA, it's, it is such a long season and, and we're so used to stars just like treating games as if they don't necessarily matter. And, and seeing someone get that excited was pretty cool. 
Yeah, look, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I look, I, I I don't think we expected him to be this good this off early on offense. He still needs to work on his uh, you know staying out of foul trouble. But look, is he if he can stay on the court, he, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, so then the last thing I want to just talk about, which I promise this is not going to, I'm not turning into Chris, but it is the Oklahoma city. <laughs> Dude. Okay. I, I mean, you and I both talked about early on, like this is the team who is like a dark horse. Like they're gonna, they're up and coming. They're super young. I'm pretty sure the average age on the team is like 24, 24 and a half. They, uh, played, they lost today, obviously to the Denver nuggets by 33. So one thing funny that came out of that game was Jokic said that he's got some talent, but he thinks he needs to get – or Chet Holmgren's got some talent, but he thinks he needs to get fatter. So that was a great quote. I mean, it's true. Um, it's true. Yes, and he was dead serious too. Oh, uh, when is he but, not dead serious? Yes, but with that, the Thunder, they won their first two games. They were underdogs in both of those games. And mm-hmm. the – Bulls game specifically is what I want to talk about. They were playing. The Bulls are an absolute. Don't, don't, mess. don't talk one too of, much because they're going to be one of the te- things I talk about. So don't don't steal my okay. thunder there. I just pass I just, my thunder. There you go. But they no, I guess it wasn't the. They did beat the Bulls by twenty, but they beat the Cavs. That's the game I wanted to talk about. They outscored the Cavs sixteen to five in the last two minutes of the game, and those young kids like on the court was Shea. Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren, like all like children, young kids, and they closed, they locked down on D, they were not afraid of the moment. I know this isn't a playoff game or anything, but they were just showing that they're not going to like shy away at the end of games. They're down by a lot, and they just, they're down by like 10, and they just make this hard run at the end. Chet hit a step back three that was like beautiful. I mean, they were rolling, and I think that they might be a little bit more ahead of schedule than we may think. Well, look, I had them as a top six team in the in the West, so I don't know how much more how much more ahead of schedule do you th- want? Maybe it was on they. me. Maybe it was on me. I thought they would be like, yeah, not you know what? I kind of thought they'd be around like five or six, but dude, maybe they're top young, four. They're maybe hungry. they'll get home court. Maybe, maybe we'll they'll see. get home. We court. will see. We'll see. But I think, this will not I think be an Oklahoma Jokic City right podcast. That he needs to get a little bit fatter. Uh, is that all you yeah. wanted to talk about? That is. Tell me your NBA of choice topics. Okay. I got a few. First off, did you not chastise me, Mr. Jonathan, when I told you that the yeah. Memphis Grizzlies could be bad this year? Yeah. I yeah I had them ranked five. You, you absolutely did, and you know what? They are zero and three as of now, and they just lost last night to the lowly Washington Wizards. Yes, from bad game. Oh, by the way, Wizards players, best two players, Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Poole, had bad games, and they still lost. Dude, now, the Grizzlies are a mess. The Grizzlies are a mess. I told you that this would happen. They're missing Tyus Jones. The lead, regardless of the knuckleheadness. Tyus Jones on the Wizards. Yep, Tyus Jones is on the Wizards. Regardless of what you think of Dylan Brooks, his knuckleheadness aside, he was a leader on that team. And John Morant is clearly missed. And clearly you cannot replace Dylan Brooks with Zaire Williams and expect the same result. Now, to, to be fair to the Grizzlies, they lost their starting center, Stephen Adams, for a whole year thanks to knee surgery. 
after he had already had one in the summer. So not looking good for Mr. Adams. And no Brandon Clark. And no Brandon Clark, but we knew that he was going to be gone for most of the season anyway. So remember when I said I'm not sure if the Grizzlies are going to make the play-in? I still hold to that. You can add that one. Okay. Number two, Jonathan kind of mentioned it before, the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls had a players-only meeting after one game. (laughs) One game! So let me just make this clear. After one game, when you lose to OKC, who we all thought were an up-and-coming team, you decide to have a players-only meeting. You kicked your head coach out. He said, can I come in? They were like, we're talking. He's like, you want me to leave? They were like, yeah. Look, I think Billy Donovan's a good coach, but he's not long for Chicago. And I think wholesale changes are going to come there soon. Very soon. They should. They should. They should. They should. Look, without Lonzo Ball, that whole entire roster construction doesn't work. Which, it's crazy to say that a role player impacts roster construction that much, but that is exactly what it did there. I think they need to they need to fire sale everybody, you know, trade. You know, I, I wouldn't mind taking on Zach Levine for uh, James Harden, just saying. Dude scores 51 and they get blown out. Yeah. Yeah, look. 51, no assist, by the way. No assist. Uh, no, no, the, the 51 happened in their one lone win against uh, the... No, uh, no, it was their loss to the Pacers. No, 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 no. It was the win against the Raptors, dude. I'm pretty sure. He did not score 51. He scored 51 in a loss. Okay, well, uh, well, okay. I don't know. I'll take your word for it. But my point still stands. Yeah, 118 to 102. Pistons beat them 51. Yeah, Pistons, by the way. That's another team I want to talk about real uh, in a bit. But, uh, yeah. No, um, Chicago, not looking good. But on some brighter sides, the Pistons do look good. The Pistons do look good. Their their game is ugly. Let's let's make that clear. They're playing starting two centers essentially with Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Durant. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Durant. Yeah. yeah, look, Bogdanovich isn't playing, but even if he was, based off of preseason rotations, those two would still be playing with each other. Looking at their starting five, they have one offensive player, Cade Cunningham. The rest of them are defense. Killian Hayes, who we all consider as a bust, right? He's a bust, but he's a good defender and decent playmaker. But he's playing off the ball because he's playing with Cunningham, right? Then you have Thompson. By the way, this kid Thompson can't shoot worth a lick, Jonathan, but he's averaging six, ten rebounds and a couple of blocks a game. I think there was They're one game that he team. had six blocks against the Heat, I'm pretty sure. They've won two, two out of their three games. Now, I don't think they're going to make the play-in, but uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from them. Outside of that, yeah. uh, Knicks are, can't shoot anymore, but R.J. Barrett looks like their best player, which I don't know if is a good thing or not. Kind of got to wait and see on that, but he's carrying the load, which is good for my fantasy team. Not our fantasy team. I'm in another league, too. But, um, yeah. No, I said, no, he is on my team in our fantasy league. Never never mind. Yeah, it is helping me in our fantasy league. But, yeah, no, that's that's about all I got to say. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. I think it's early, so we'll we'll get some more uh, clarity in the next couple of weeks. But hey, man, Sixers are surprising. They look better than I thought they would. I I, I agree. I think it's safe to say that they're still the third best team in the East. And if they get the right return for James Harden, they could be fourth. So All right, well, let's yeah. play it out. We appreciate all our listeners, as always. I hope you guys enjoyed that we actually have Sixers basketball back and the team's not looking too bad. Uh, when Harden returns, which will likely be this week, there will be a lot more to talk about and a lot more to read on the Sixers Sense website where you can go and see all the contributors putting up new articles. Continue to listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And until next time, go Sixers. See you.